Inner Voice. A heartfelt chat with Dr. Fujian. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Inner Voice podcast. So great to be with you today. I'm Dr. Fujian Zain. I'm a psychotherapist and author and the originator of the Awareness Integration Theory. Our conversation is about what matters most in our life, our minds, our thoughts, feelings, actions, relationships, and our fulfillment in this beautiful journey of life. In this episode, I chat with Charmaine Vega. She's the founder of Mama Vega Enterprises with over 20 years of healthy product development, marketing, and education on various platforms. The Honorable Dr. Charmaine Vega's soul has a four-generational stride of four functional nutrition and chef prowess. Instincts, intuition, tradition, and over 50 years of experience influenced her into becoming a learning specialist, a functional nutrition practitioner, and a nutrigenomics educator. She helps to develop holistic, sustainable solutions, integrating lifestyle and health needs. She has created a tandem eating program for her spectrum eating clients that have produced evidence-based, positive, astonishing lifestyle, lifestyle changes. Today, we're going to talk about her book. It's awesome. Now, chew on this. This is the name of the book. Now, chew on this. Your food, mood, poop journal. Yeah, you heard it right. Your food, mood, poop journal. We talk a lot about what works for you and how to do it and what are the categories that you could eat and how to elevate your mood. So a lot of great information. Subscribe to this podcast, uh, my YouTube channel and connect with me through my website, fujanzane.com or any of the social media. Get my book, Life Reset, The Awareness Integration Path to the Life You Want and share with me your thoughts and how it has helped you. I'd love to hear from you. Here it is, Charmaine Vega. Charmaine Vega, Mama Vega, it is so nice to see you and thank you for coming on my show. Yes, and I'm glad to be here and seeing you after so many years. We've kept in contact with all these years off and on, but I hadn't really seen you. Yes. So for everyone who's listening to us and uh, viewing us, uh, the beautiful sound you hear, it's the cockatiel that just flew uh, to Mama Vega and said, take care of me. So if you're hearing this beautiful chirping out there, uh, just know what it is. Do you want to share a little bit about your baby that just flew to you? Yes. I was outside with my daughter and um, I saw this little white bird and at first I just thought it was like a dove or something like that and then he just flew directly and I went like this and then I stuck my hand out and he just landed and then just sat there so I called one of my neighbors and I said um, I know you have birds do you have a cage <laughs> because I don't know what to do because you know you could tell that he might have been domesticated and if I left him out there he would have gotten killed you know by some of the other ravens or the other birds because you could see he was very docile so I just, he just came to me, I got the cage. And then because I'm an animal lover, I got a bigger cage. So he has in my house, almost like an aviary. <laughs> it's just like huge cage for this little tiny bird, but that way he can play. And like you do with dogs, he's got toys too. <laughs> yes. 
So Charmaine, you went from being a teacher to um, uh, someone who was in love with food and then you experimented and your whole neighborhood loved your food. And, um, and then it just, that became a whole new way of being and contributing and a career. And, um, and uh, finally it all landed in uh, your book, now chew on this, your yes. food, mood, poop journal. Correct. So <laughs> your journey um, all the way to now. Well, um, first of all, it started with me making salsa for my students. That yeah. was how it all started. And that was because they were always doing something and I needed to be able to do what I had to do in my classroom without being called out to do something, which was in special ed high school. So, you know, if you know about high school boys, they're always into something. So I was constantly being called. So I said, well, let me make some salsa and see what, so I did salsa and chips. And then that went into Costco and other stores and that type of thing. And it expanded and blossomed. But then what I did is it, even though I did that, I segued into working with hospitals, working at golf courses and making food and learning about the, you know, science behind why people ate what they did and how they did it. So then I learned about oncology. And prior to that, I should say that when I was in college, I was also a pre-med major before becoming a teacher. So I understood the biology and what they were telling me of how that all transpired, but I still didn't see the connection between the food because doctors only get maybe a semester of nutrition. And I'm a fourth generation nutritionist. So I go way back with understanding that. And when I was looking at it, it was like, people are not getting it. So I was working at Kaiser with my restaurant. I opened a restaurant and I was working there at, the, at a bistro, which was my own. And people were like, well, why does my food taste different than yours? And, you know, or than, than someone else's, or they would go to another restaurant. And I said, well, I use organic. So then I started researching the difference between organic. What did it do to the body? What did it do to the brain? And because of a teacher in me, I wanted the education and the knowledge behind the why, so that when I'm working with clients, I could give them the why behind something rather than just saying, don't eat this because that seems to be when people fall off. Mm -hmm. You know, you can tell people, well, don't smoke. It gives you cancer. Mm -hmm. Okay. It gives me cancer. So what, you know, but what does that do to my body? How am I going to feel? What is the cancer like? Um, where could I possibly get it? So that's what led me into that. And then I still went and got um, additional studies more in nutrition and then I understood how food interacts with everything. And still what led me there is finding out that over a hundred million people have a GI issue. Mm -hmm. And the gut and the brain, it's like you have a second brain in your gut. So that led me to going and figuring out, well, what's going on? And it's kind of why I wanted to talk to you because one of the things I'm looking at now, and I, and I will preface this by saying I have no science behind it, but it's just a thought. And I believe there is a connection between why you have so many people who are shooting up things and being violent because it, it's a trigger. If you have a brain gut connection and what you're eating 
is a direct correlation to how you're feeling and your mood and all of that, there has to be a trigger that's in there somewhere. And that's why I'm prefacing it by saying, I don't have the science to back it up, but I can tell you that the science that's out there would lead one if they connected the dots, you would say, well, if this happens and this happens and this happens, then this must be the case over here. It's like one and one is still gonna equal two, no matter how we do it, we can mix it around all we want to. But that seems to be what I'm concluding is that there is. And then I'm finding that when people have all these GI issues, they can be reversed and you can reverse it with food. And that's what I've discovered. And that's what I've been working with different clients, even clients who've had issues. My publicist, as a matter of fact, is one. She's had you know, GI issues for over two years and couldn't figure it out. And she was under stress and her mother just passed away. And then um, I said, you know, come stay with me for a while. And since she's been staying with me, she hasn't had the problems. But, you know, but I told her, this is what you have to do. And it's not just the GI issues, but also, I apologize for him. He's like irritated. <laughs> um, but the GI issues that she was having was not only stress, but how she was eating her food and not tracking what she was eating. Mm -hmm. So I got her to start tracking what she was eating with like the food mood poop journal. And she went, oh, I shouldn't be eating this at this time. I shouldn't be eating this combination. And that's what I do is I work with people to get them to see where they are and how they're reacting, reacting to certain things and their nationality. So when they do the, the journal, because the, the journal is very thorough, do they find it by themselves because they see it and they can get it? Or is it more that they have, they do this journal and then they have to come to you or have your other books or something to figure out what's going on? Because what I get is you're looking at an intake, which is the food. You're looking at how it um, affects your body, which is the mood. And then the dispersing of the poop, I used to laugh and make this, I make this joke is like life is about poop because the minute, you know, people, uh, when, when an infant shows up, you know, the doctors, the first thing they keep checking is like, how's the poop? How's the poop? Because it's like, you can figure out by that. And then as we get older, you know, we go to the hospitals or whatever. Again, that's what most people look at. How's the poop? So when I saw that in your book, I'm like, there we go. Life is poop. <laughs> food, food, food journal. I love it. That's a good um, one. Though. Life is poop. <laughs> Life is poop. So when you're looking at that, that piece of, um, so as people are journaling uh, their daily uh, intake, how it affects, how the disperse is, um, you know, like obviously we don't have um, x-rays and blood tests and all of it consistently with us, but you can definitely check out how uh, something is being, um, you know, uh, dispersed so that you kind of have an idea. Then how do they make those assessments? Is it based on their mood that they make that assessment? Is it based on bloating or uncomfortableness in the gut um, or the poop? Okay. It's a combination mm -hmm. because um, when you eat, usually 20 minutes after you've eaten your brain, if you're eating correctly, your brain is going to cut it off and say, I've had enough. I don't really want any more because you were satiated. Your cells have become accustomed to what it is that you have. And they're like, I don't want any more. It's kind of like eating a cheesecake. Generally speaking, you can't eat a whole cheesecake because it's like, oh, it's too much. That's the way your cells are. 
when you're eating, your cells will say, I've had enough, especially if you eat organic. A lot of people will say organic is more expensive, but it really isn't because you eat so much less. When you eat these other foods and you get bloated, that's when I get people to start documenting because, and I do, they do come to me. That is one thing that I help them to recognize what that is. Because a lot of times you're documenting, but you don't know how to go back and connect these little dots. You, you'll say, oh, okay, last week I ate this and it made me feel this way. But you won't look at the combination that you had. So that's why I have in there also, what did you do or is there a recipe? So although you're documenting the date, the time that you ate, how it made you feel, and when did you go poop? Because you should be pooping at least three to five times a day. The average person is not. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing is you're building up toxins in your body and it's going all the way to your brain because your circulatory system doesn't stop at the neck. It goes all the way up to your brain. So when you get brain fog, you have all these things that mean something is off. When you have a hormonal imbalance, a lot of people will say, oh, go get hormonal shots. But those shots are rebalancing you. So what made you not be balanced? Why are you having hot flashes? There are foods you can eat and combinations you can do that reduces all of that and eliminates it. So what is it that you're eating and how is it interacting with you? What I tell one person, even though everybody may be documenting, what the reactions are in each person is going to be different because it depends on blood type. It depends on the time of day, environmental, um, you know, um, toxins have an impact on you, which would be the air you breathe. Do you have trees around? Are you living where there's a lot of noise? All of these things are things that I ask when I have a client because I look at the whole person of what's going on. Have you had a divorce? Do you have children? Are you single? Has there been a death? Did you have to move? All of these things become important for me to know. So it's not just as a nutritionist, but almost like as a therapist <laughs> where I look at those things and then I create a matrix and try to figure out how does all of this fit together? And now how can I reduce the stressors? How can I get you to eat more organic? Because I always say you are what you eat eats. That's important. You are what you eat eats. So whatever it ate, even if it's food, because it absorbs from the roots, it absorbs through the leaves and all of that. When you eat that, you are consuming whatever that had. So how is your body reacting to that? And that's what's important. And everybody's in a different environment. Even if it's 10 blocks away, it's still different because their home environment is different. So I take all of that into account when I'm trying to figure out what's really going on with this person and how can I make a change, a positive change in the most economical way? Because let's face it, you know, we do have to look at the economics behind it. Well, I think my problem is that the food stops in my taste buds. Right. So if it tastes good, it, there's no stopping until my stomach says, are you kidding me? Like no more, because I'm, it's over the bloating, you know, exaggerated way that I'm like, okay, now this is uncomfortable. It's not like um, my brain says, okay, this is enough nutrition for you. Stop. It's more like the taste buds takes over all of it. So if it tastes good, then we're in like until until I you know like the fish fish <laughs> exactly. until it blows up <laughs> and that's a lot of people you know it is that but the other thing is is that your digestive system and your gut right it actually starts in the brain 
And the reason it starts there is because as soon as you think about certain things, that saliva starts going immediately in that mouth. It just starts dripping and you're like, mm, I just can't wait to get it, right? So digestion has already started. Or if you're cooking at home, digestion starts with the brain, the saliva and the smell. So as soon as you smell it, it starts coming down as well. And you just want to eat it. You know, it's, I want to eat it. But if you're eating the right things, and if you put your fork down when you're eating, that slows down your eating. And a lot, so many of us now, these days, we don't eat like they used to, you know, when you had to do etiquette, you had to put your fork up and put it down and sit there and chew 100 times. <laughs> you know, we don't do that. You know, we're scoffing it down. And when you're scoffing it down, you're not getting your brain time to enjoy what you just put in your mouth. So oftentimes we're eating too fast. And so it's like, you don't even get a chance to really savor what it is that you just ate because you're like, oh, this tastes so good. I want some more, I want some more, I want some more, but slow it down. You know, um, I even have some clients that I tell them, okay, I'm going to give you chopsticks. You're going to eat. Well, I can't eat with chopsticks. That's my point. <laughs> you don't, or I'll give them an appetizer fork. You have to take smaller pieces because it's going to take you longer to eat it. So I do different tricks like that to get them to slow it down. Because when you slow it down, you're allowing your enzymes, the right enzymes to get in there and break everything down. And then another thing I do is I get people to eat in tandem. And what I mean by eating in tandem, I tell you which foods to eat first, the next and the next, because the enzymes in your body are food specific. So if I... Is that different for people or is it just the general information that you could share with us right now that... I can, I can share it with everybody right now. Yeah, because like say, for example, um, when you get up in the morning, one of the things I have people to do, and I can share that is... I tell you, when you get up, have like a warm cup of tea or warm water with lemon in it. The example that I'll give you here is that if you have food and you're gonna put it in a garbage disposal, you don't just get up and you just take, you know, all this heavy stuff. In the, in the South, they eat grits, right? They get, get grits and eggs and maybe a pork chop and all that. You just take all that and you put it in your stomach right after you just got up, right? You get up. Well, you were groggy when you got up. Don't you think that your stomach and your digestive system is groggy too? So it needs an opportunity to wake up. And if you have a garbage disposal, you don't just shove stuff in it. What do you do? You turn the water on first. And then, you know, so you're, you're going to turn the water on. Then you turn the garbage disposal on. Then you put the food in. So I say your body is the same way. You want to flip the switch. That switch is drink a little bit of water with lemon and that it that's going to alkalize your system so that now it's getting ready to start accepting the food you're kind of like waking it up by the time you drink that time has passed you also just filled your cavity with some water so you that alone you're going to eat a little bit less now the next thing i'd have you to do is do something like eat a water fruit the reason is that has more water and it has fiber because our body is, depending on which organ or brain or whatever you're looking at in the body, it's anywhere from 70 to about 80% water. So, so like so watermelon? Watermelon is excellent. Yes, like watermelon, grapes are good, strawberries are good, blueberries are good, water fruit. 
And I do that because it's gonna hydrate you. It's gonna have the antioxidants in it. It's gonna have the fiber in it. So you're, you're putting that in your system first. Okay. Then water, warm water with lemon. And my taste buds are like, Charmaine, I really want sweet in the morning and not sour, but okay. Can I put <laughs> honey in it or no? No, 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 <laughs> I want it. Think, think about, I'm gonna get the fruit. <laughs> all right so water with warm water with lemon and then the water fruits and then the water fruits and years ago fruits and vegetables were separated that way we put them all together now and say fruits and then we say vegetables but vegetables have two categories you have water vegetables and you have root vegetables which are more like a carbohydrate which is going to be harder for your body to digest that's a different enzyme that's going to digest the root because that's more of a carbohydrate, which actually fits into your pasta, your rice, your this. So you see what I'm doing is I'm getting you to slowly get more dense foods is what I have you to do going down. By the time you do this and then this and then this, your brain is saying, you know, I'm really tired of this right about now. So I think I'm done. What that does is it allows your body to digest what you just took in. Where does my coffee come in? You can do coffee. Your, your coffee can be after the water. So you can oh. put your coffee there because usually people will have creamer, they'll have sugar, they'll have all this other stuff. I don't want you to have that first. I want you to have the water first because you want to hydrate. But the coffee is going to give you hydration, but not like water will. So you'll get some hydration. And for every cup of coffee that you drink you should actually have two glasses of water because you okay. push that out of your system warm <laughs> water with lemon let me get my style here yes go ahead water with lemon warm water with lemon and then my coffee with my creamer and then my water um fruits yes okay got it yes and if it and and believe it or not i have some clients next what they will eat is they will eat salad for breakfast oh Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. And they, once they get into this, it's like they gravitate and they can't get enough vegetables. Huh. I'm a big pusher for eating more vegetables, more water vegetables, more this, because it actually is going to give you that skin. And I will say on here, you know, which I normally don't say on every platform, but I am 66. So yeah. Yeah. I'm six, I'm right with you. Right there with me. And you're looking good and I'm looking good. So you're eating well also. You may not be doing this, but you're still eating well. But what I try to get people to do is we're not Superman where we can see what's going on inside. So the things that I'm doing is helping people to keep the insides healthy because we can look at the outside and we look at people and we go, oh, they look so healthy. But what's going on inside? Yeah. And that's where the poop comes in. And this, what this does is this helps you to get rid of whatever is in your body and you can get rid of it. Mm. It's going to help you to do the digestion. Right. And getting rid so that your body is ready for the next to come in. Exactly. And remember, we said enzyme specific. So um, an example I like to give is if I had a group of people and I wanted everybody to do something, you know, I had this group and this group and this group. But what I do is on the piece of paper, I write what each group is supposed to do, but I take it and I throw it up in the air and I say, okay, go find your pieces and then go do what I'm asking you to do. That's what you're asking your body to do when you eat things all combined. 
because when things are enzyme specific, they're only going to look for what they're supposed to do. They're only gonna break down what they're supposed to do. Like protease is gonna be a protein. Lactase is gonna be a dairy or a milk. So different ones are going to do different things. So they're gonna be bumping into each other. Where is this, where is that? But if I eat in tandem and I say, okay, I'm gonna give you guys the things that are just gonna be for the fruit. I want you guys to go in there, start digesting that so that when the next guys come, you guys can go out and the next ones come in. Now what's happening is your body is going to be a well-oiled machine. You're creating an appropriate managing traffic over there. That's it. I, I call it, I prevent a food traffic jam. You're right. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, and you're going to see that you're going to be going and you wouldn't even realize it. So, like I said, my publicist who's here, she was amazed because they had her on all kinds of medicine because she couldn't go to the bathroom. She couldn't do anything. She was in pain. So, you know, I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. And after about three days, she was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. I'm just going to the bathroom on my own. I was like, good job. So now she's been with me about a week and she's been doing it consistently. And she's just like amazed. And she's going to the bathroom two, three times a day, which is what she, but before she couldn't even go once and she had to take medication and then she's like bloated. And then her stomach, she's in pain, she crunches over. But we also learned that because she has so much stuff going on, it's also due to stress. So stress is making her stomach knot up and do that. So it's not digesting like it should. And if she's eating all these things in combination on top of the stress, that's even worse. So now, even though we may not be able to reduce all the stress, if I can reduce what you're eating, you're going to be able to digest better. And now you won't at least have some of the pains that you're having and it'll start going. And then when you start feeling that calm, that in turn reduces your stress. And you know that, you know, it's yeah. getting rid of one thing that you're feeling because when you start feeling this, you're stressed. Oh, what's going on? You know, oh, is it COVID? You know, is it this? Is it that? You're going to be trying to do the self-diagnosis on all these different things in addition to whatever you have to do within your home, within your marriage, within your kids, within your job, all these other things that are going on in your head. And it's like, I got this too. So how do I do this? And, as, and when you have that going on, we, for the most part, and I'll say women, we don't look at ourselves as being caretakers, but we are. Yeah. If you're the head of a household, you're still a caretaker. And we don't take care of ourselves because we're care taking care of everybody else and not realizing by not taking care of ourselves, we're kind of being selfish. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not, and, and we think we're being selfless because we're taking care of everybody, but it's really selfish because by not taking care of ourselves, we ultimately potentially could let other people down because they depend on us to do all the things that we're doing. So if we're not taking care of ourselves, everybody else, it's a domino. It's going to fall. Yes. So, so far, I'm saying it again. So yes. Finally memorize this. Water, warm and lemon and then uh, coffee for people who drink coffee or tea, or and, tea. Then, um, and then water, fruits. And then you were also saying that when it comes, for example, to lunch or dinner, what we wanna do is to have the group, such as if you're gonna eat like water salad, uh, like water vegetables, like salads or something, do it on its own. And then if you're gonna give it protein, then doing it on its own and don't clump them all together because the traffic jam is gonna happen, right? Did I get right? 
That's, okay. exact, that's exactly right. And what I will do is even for lunch, I'm going to take you back to the first one. Water. I'll still tell you to go back to the water. Exactly. And then that way, if you don't have fruit, you do the water salad. But you're not going to put the, the meat and all that and pile it all on there, you know, because you can still do that. And in the beginning, you may think that, oh, this is hard. But after you do it a couple of times, you know, this is not so hard because think about it on the salad, you can still add water fruits or vegetables. You could have blueberries, you could have strawberries, you can have the spinach. You see how you can do that just so long as it's the water. You can, I do it sometimes, but I usually try to get you to do that later because protein is so hard to digest and nuts are hard to digest. So when you put that in, you actually slow down the digestive process. Oh. So you can, but it would be after the salad, not with the salad. You know, so that kind of thing is it's and that's where I get in. Charmaine, how long do you wait before, for example, you have the salad and then you want to introduce the protein, whether it's meat or chicken or fish or nuts or whatever? If you're eating properly and you're slowing it down, this digestion is going on already with that. So when you're finished, you can go ahead and get the next thing. You don't have to wait. People say, well, my food is going to be cold. No, wait to put it on your plate. (laughs) Okay. So you're not suggesting that, okay, you do this and then wait another half an hour to the next. What what I hear you saying is as you're sitting at a table or you're a restaurant or whatever, all you need to do is to uh, uh, eat first and then second and third and just don't do one spoon of salad or one fork of salad and then one fork of the meat and one fork of this. That's what you're saying, actually. Yes, that's exactly what I'm, that's exactly what I'm saying. And remember, you, you may have seen children who we call them picky eaters. And what do they do naturally? If you think about it, they will naturally eat one thing. And then when it's done, they turn their plate and then they eat the next thing. Haven't you seen little kids do that? And then when they finish that, then they turn their plate and then they do the next thing. And we go, well, why are you doing that? Why don't you mix it together? It tastes better if you do this. They're actually doing the right thing. <laughs> so now that we go from the mood to, um, uh, from the food to mood. And um, I know that obviously there are a lot of things that have a direct impact on your mood. So um, alcohol is depressant. Um, there are, uh, some carbs uh, that just kind of like slow you down and, you know, uh, for some people, the carb gives them comfort, you know, they go Mm -hmm. after like what they call, um, the false nutritional food for the comfort and pleasure, which is the combination of salt and, uh, fat and sugar. Right. So that's what we get in a lot of the snacks and people just go at it and one by one. And it's also very addictive. Well, although it appears to be a comfort food at that moment, but it's actually depressive because it depresses your whole system, right? That's exactly right. That's exactly what it's doing. And that's why if you're doing it the way I'm suggesting, what you're also doing is you're, because this has chlorophyll, especially if you get to the vegetables and things, it has chlorophyll and chlorophyll is actually adding oxygen to the blood. So it's actually giving you a boost of energy. So when you look at the science behind what's actually going on, you're getting the water, you're getting the fiber, you're getting the oxygen, you're getting all this stuff that's going into your bloodstream, which is going throughout your body and it's going into your brain. So you're getting all these benefits while you're thinking about it, while you're smelling it, while you're eating it. And if you slow it down, by the time you start getting to the denser foods, 
you really don't want them, mm -hmm. you know, because you're like, I'm really full. I'm tired of chewing, especially if you eat something like, um, let's say, you know, uh, you know, a salad that's a crunchier one. If you if you want to do a coleslaw, you know how long it takes you to chew a to chew coleslaw. That takes a long time, and by the time you're done, you're like, I'm finished. I don't want so those kind of things. And even you know, because I'm also a chef, so I also give people recipes and show them how to do these things as a chef. So I don't just leave you hanging and saying, okay, you need to do this, and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. And I do it based on what a person likes um, to eat, because as we know, different ethnic groups will eat different foods and that's their taste buds. That's what they grew up with. So I then tailor what a, I'm telling a person based on their ethnic background, what they're accustomed to eating. Because if I tell you to eat something or I make a suggestion and that's not in your repertoire of food that you would normally be accustomed to, you're gonna go, mm, I don't really wanna do that. Or even if it's like certain fruits, you know, I happen to like dragon fruit. Not everybody likes dragon fruit. They don't like the sliminess. They say it's slimy, it's not slimy to me, but it's slimy to them. So, or people who have diabetes don't want to eat, um, you know, the cactus leaves or uh, okra because of the slime that's in it, but that's actually good for them. It's naturally good for people with diabetes, but I will show you how to prepare it and cook it so that you get rid of the slime so that you can enjoy it. So those are the things that I incorporate also, but I do that once I start working with the person to know what are your taste buds? What do you like? What are your textures? Because the textures, and I work with children who have autism as well, because that's one of the things that um, they are, is they're very conscious of the texture. It's not so much what does it taste like as much as it is what is the texture. They're more texture oriented. So I try to do those things. And I try to show um, if one family member likes a certain food and another one likes a food, different food and another one, you know, moms are like, well, how do I do all of this for everybody? So everybody is going to get the same thing. And I'm not pulling my hair out trying to figure out, you know, how do I cook for everybody? That's one of the other things that I do is I show you how the whole family can eat healthy, how you can do this and everybody's getting specifically what they want because it could be this person wants to be a vegan this one wants to be a vegetarian and this one wants to be a carnivore <laughs> so so how do you do that and it's so important what you said about the cultural perspective because we don't just live at home and do things at home on our own um, we go to parties with the people from our own culture. We go to restaurants from our own culture. So it's so important. And I know one of the things before where I used to hear, um, even with uh, counting the calories in some of these apps, that people who were uh, culturally defined with food, they couldn't find their food in those types of apps. So they're like, well, my food is not here. So it's such a combination of you know, like, you know, I'm, uh, I'm Persian. So Persian food was never there. And it's a combination of so many things that when you had one of the Persian stews, how are you going to find out what even, you know, calories does it have? Because it's a Persian stew with all of the stuff in it. So it is so important what you said about uh, considering somebody's lifestyle and their culture and their taste buds and how all of that, you know, has been, have been together. And that's why I don't do calories. Yeah. People will fall off. If you tell them to count calories, they're not going to do it. That's just like if I tell you to count your money. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, I'm just spending, 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 and I'm not going to count it. It's like, okay, that's what I want. That's what I'm going to get. And I'm not going to do it. 
So I, and I tell them if I'm teaching you this and I don't believe in you fell off the wagon either. I believe that that was a decision you made. You decided on this particular day, that's what I wanted and that's what I'm going to get. But because I do it the way that I do it, when you make that decision, you're making a conscious decision, but you know how to get back to where you should in order to get rid of whatever it was. So my method of doing it is I'm teaching you the why behind something, how it happens and making it customized and tailored to you, the individual and your custom and what you're accustomed to eating. So therefore it's a lifestyle for me and how you live. It has nothing to do with diet. I don't, I don't believe in diets. I just don't because I, I'm setting you up for failure. So when people come and, and get this now, chew on this, your food, mood, poop journal book, which is a journal, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So the rest of the information that you beautifully are sharing with us, is there any other place that they can get those information or is it more that they, it's more like um, uh, tailored to each person. So they have to actually come to get your services or some of this general ideas that you were talking about um, is, is somewhere to get also. I haven't put it all together just yet. Um, and I am working on doing that. That's what my publicist and I are, are working on actually putting more of it together, still doing seminars and things, which is why they've asked me to do a lot of different speaking engagements. But the book is always the starting point because we talk about- You, you have, have to have an awareness of what you're doing before you could get the rest of, okay, now do this. So the journal really, really helps you uh, get first of all, uh, hyper aware, like watch yourself and see and what you're eating, what you're doing, how your system is working. And from there, then we could, uh, become aware of that and then create a system based on what you're saying to exactly because you have to have a mindset. Yeah. If a person just comes to me and says, and you know, this with, with your work, if, if a person comes to you and they don't have the right mindset, it's going to take me a long time to get there. And it's also going to cost a lot more because I'm spending more time with trying to get you to where you need to be for you to have the proper mindset. So I tell people first, it's the mindset. And first, it's the book, because the book does have a lot of other things in it. As you know, I have a lot of different pieces in there that gives you a lot of information, general, general information, yes but it gives you enough for you to take note of who you are and become more intuitive because first you have to have the mindset. I want to do this next. It's going to be, you have to start being conscious of your body. How do you feel? Because we don't pay attention to that. Now, once you do that and I start asking questions and you come to me, you can give me a foundation before then I don't have a foundation. I'm like pulling straws and I can't put the pieces together, but you're giving me the pieces to the puzzle for me to look at it. And then I can do a consultation. I always do at least anywhere from 15 minutes to 30 minutes, a free consultation, you know, in the beginning. And I do that so that they can see what journey they would have to go on and what I would have to do, because it doesn't make sense for me to say, whitewash it and say, everybody's the same because we're not. Exactly, exactly. And you brought a couple of important points. One is gender, one is culture, one is age. Uh, so all of these become very important about what's right for you. Um, and what age, you know, for women, is the hormones part of it and not part of it? And, you know, do you have other conditions such as diabetes, cholesterol, and any other uh, concepts that it really matters about? 
you know, what food is important to you. But the point is food is one of those aspects that if you're not doing it properly, it really, really affects the mood. You know, I've worked with bipolar uh, people who have suffer from bipolar. And one of the first things is like regulate your food, regulate your sleeping, regulate your exercise. And you can see that people who have the ability to regulate these um, functions in their life, then they're automatically also kind of regulating their mood. Um, and um, it's it, as I say, even when we're talking about bipolar depression, which supposedly goes from one extreme to another, uh, beside medication, the concept of regulating uh, this, uh, their food time and what they eat becomes important. Autism, ADHD, uh, people who have you know, attention deficit, we've really seen how much with uh, proper uh, and appropriate food intake and timing, you can really capture um, this concept of attention deficit versus you know, uh, feeding all of our children a hell of a lot of speed, um, you know, which then adds to, to the addiction. And another piece is I think the concept of food addiction itself, right? So I think that I'm so aware and you do these pieces that it really helps also with the food addiction. It does, and and it's and and that's why we call the, the the stomach, so to speak, you know, your second brain or your gut as a whole, the second brain, because I explained that your gut actually starts with the mouth, you know, where it goes in and where it goes out. That's the gut, <laughs> and people think it's just my stomach. No, it's not just your stomach. It's the whole system, and that's also your immune system. So your digestive system is your immune system and 90% of every disease starts in the gut, 90%. That's statistical data. So if you can get that under control, you can prevent or at least slow down 90% of just about every disease there. And then if you're eating healthy and you get rid of brain fog, you can think better, you can focus better, you have more energy, you have all these other things. So it's it's just, you you make those dominoes stand back up and suppose that the dominoes falling down, the dominoes are going the other way, they're standing back up, you know, as what you can do. And and it's, it's, it's a testimony to it. I've done it for myself, which is what got me to start looking at it, you know, and how can I help other people? And what was the system that I used and why did I do it? So I use myself as a guinea pig to start with. Beautiful. By the way, I don't hear your bird anymore. He went to sleep. Oh. <laughs> okay. It's like, these people are not paying attention to me. Yeah, forget it. I'm he's, not just like, he's over there now with his head lifted, and he's he's sleeping now. So yeah, it was like he figured out oh, she's not giving me any attention. She's just ignoring me. So well, we enjoyed having we enjoyed having him at the beginning of the show. So everyone, Charmaine Vega, mm -hmm. get the book now. Chew on this. Your food mood, fo your food mood poop journal. Yes, Charmaine. Where can people find you? Um, they can find me at mamavega.com, but wow. I'm also on a new platform, which is where they can find all the other stuff, at, you know, some of the videos, and that's on exposureplustv.tv, and that's new. That's where everything is coming out this fall, you know, so all of this stuff that I'm talking about here, that's what we're releasing this fall, and I've been traveling all over you know, everywhere, you know, uh, promoting it and telling people, hey, there is a natural way to do this. You know, you don't have to get all these pills. You take all the pills, it messes up your microbiome, <laughs> which is your gut. 
So anything um, we haven't said that in one minute um, you really want everybody to know? We shared everything, but it's like, Fujan, I, I really missed this one and I want them to know. Probably the book is available on Amazon. Good. They can actually get the book on Amazon. They can, and if they're on, you know, they I'm on just about all the platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, LinkedIn. I'm on all of them. So if they inbox me anything and say they saw it on here, I can give them a special deal because they'll say, you know, hey, I saw it over there with Dr. And you know, I always call you Dr. Fujian. <laughs> so, but yes, you know, if, if they, if they just track me down and say, hey, you know, and I'm one of those people that I want to help people. That's my whole thing. I know the importance of doing this. And as I said earlier, I am a fourth generation nutritionist. So this is what I do. I live, breathe this every day, all day. And I'm always in my kitchen. That's why I'm here in the kitchen now. Beautiful. It was a joy to see you again and uh, to share your valuable um, wisdom about food. So thank you for being with us. And thank you for having me. I truly enjoyed it and enjoyed seeing you after so many years I hadn't seen you. Oh, same here. And for everyone who's with us, create an amazing life for yourself and everyone around you. And until next week, bye-bye.